on this episode of Turtleheads, we're going to talk about Maryland's loss to Purdue, their upcoming game against Indiana, NFL Week 5, MLB playoffs, we have Tricky Trivia, we have our Pick'ems, our Survivor League. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Let's go. Yo! You're listening to Turtleheads Podcast with your host, Dave, Lee, Tricky, and Jordan. Sponsored by Snowbiz Shaved Ice. Go Ravens and go Terps and go Orioles. Alright, so we're back. It's uh, episode 7 of the podcast. Unfortunately, we're coming here with sad hearts as Maryland had a letdown versus Purdue. Um, not much really want to talk about and drag it on, but let's discuss it. Tricky, you want to start us off? Um, once again, I had to listen to the game on the radio as I was at work, uh, but I just noticed inconsistency with the Maryland offense. Uh, I know I've been uh, on their backs all year about that, but um, seems like once we get a good thing going, then we, we go away from it all of a sudden. Um, I know there was the bad call that everybody wants to talk about, but – we warned last week about a letdown against Purdue and said that this is one of those games we came out with a good win. It would really propel us towards our uh, bowl hopes and uh, almost won it. Can't blame it all on the call, but uh, definitely puts more pressure on the games ahead, I think. So let's talk about the blown call. So Maryland gets a touchdown, and we go for the extra point, and Purdue's player clearly jumps offsides. They hike the ball. He gets through the line easily because he gets about a, I say, second to a half second head start. Ends up blocking the kick. So Dave texted us. He says that's going to come back and bite us in the butt. Sure enough, it does. Uh, Purdue ends up taking the lead, one point lead. Uh, Talia comes right down the field, marches down the field. I think we're down two, actually, down two points. Talia walks down the field. Scores a touchdown, goes for a two-point conversion, gets the two-point conversion, and then another late flag comes out, ineligible receiver downfield on the Terps, which you think about it, they start on the two-yard line, and I don't quite understand how. I mean, granted, I guess by the book, it was ineligible receiver downfield. Had nothing to do with the play. The play was happening on the whole other side of the field, and that's when I texted Lee and Dave. I said, you know, if they have such things as makeup calls, that was the time to hold that flag and not throw it out. Um, I just think the Maryland fan base, I mean, this is like three or four weeks out of the season that we have been robbed of potential game-changing plays. The uh, the Michigan interception they didn't review, the interception by us last week on the versus Michigan State, then this call. It's just one thing after another. And once again, I know Loxley probably doesn't want to get fined, but you got at some point there's got to be a breaking point. I know we talked about last week how he's trying to earn the respect, you know, uh, bring the attention without actually burning any bridges, but now it's just getting out of control. I mean, it's like Maryland has to go out of the way to earn the calls and respect. Lee, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really want to add, I guess, I mean, we're saying it's a letdown. Purdue's not bad. I mean, they lost on the last second kick or a touchdown to Penn State in week one. Their only other loss came against Syracuse on – um, a last-second touchdown or field goal, I think, as time expired against them. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to watch Syracuse, but I think they're right at 3-2 and two or something along those lines. Um, so I don't think Purdue's necessarily as bad as um, we thought they were. We did say out of these next five games, that game was probably going to be the game that if we were probably going to let one slip through and lose, and it would probably be the toughest game. Um and we did, like uh, Tricky said, offense wasn't great. I mean, I think Talia threw for 315, but um, 
rushing attack was averaging like a 2.8 or 2.9 yards of rush, which not good, not up to what we normally are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess you could term it as a letdown, but we're still 4-2. and two. Good chance against Indiana this week, following week against uh, Northwestern. So, I mean, you win these next two games, you're 6-2. and two. And then I think we got another game. I can't remember who it's against before we head to Penn State. So six and two, seven and two. I mean, we're bowl eligible, and we're right on track. I think to get to the eight or nine wins we thought we might get to this year. The frustrating part is, had a good crowd show up. Dave talked about the dreaded noon kickoff. Everything looked great the entire game except for those last couple possessions, and it's like. You can't blame the team, but so much. Yes, there's a couple coaching errors, a couple play offensive play calls. We're scratching our head about. I get all that. It's just frustrating as a Maryland fan to come that close to five and one. And, and like I said, it's funny how six weeks ago we're sitting there, seven to eight wins would be a great season. Here we are with four wins already, possible five, and we're complaining, which is a good thing. That's a good thing for the football program. Turkey, you got anything else to add to this? Uh, yeah, one, a couple little things. One, I think uh, Coach Loxley actually did address the um, officiating situation gently uh, after the game. Um, I don't know if this is a stepchild type thing because we weren't one of the blue bloods of the Big Ten, and now you know we have to earn our way in somehow. Some of these penalties are our own, but some of them it seems like when they could swallow the whistle, they decide to blow it instead when they would hold hold it for someone else. We're not, definitely not getting the benefit of the doubt. But uh, as Lee was saying, I don't think uh, Purdue was any slouch. Um, they were more consistent uh, offensively and defensively, I thought, than uh, Michigan State. I think they're probably just a little better than Michigan State. So nothing to hang our heads about with a loss. But with a little more discipline on offense as far as sticking to the running game, again, limiting possessions for the other team, uh, and uh, not some help, but not so much hindrance from the officials, it, it could have easily been a win. But no, not upset overall, and uh, things still look pretty bright. Absolutely. And big thing is, Indiana this week, we talked about it. We've had our letdown. Let's bounce back win these next three games, four games, whatever it is, before Penn State, and then uh, see where the uh, see where the uh, the chips may fall. Uh, another thing, if I can add on just real quick, I mean, they're the third quarter, I think Purdue had three possessions, and the defense turned them over every single possession of the third quarter. The offense did absolutely nothing with it. I think we didn't even get in field goal range a couple of them. I know Ryland missed one, but it was a – I mean, I'm not going to complain. The kid's been fantastic. I think it was a 50-plus yarder that he missed. I think he pushed it a little bit. But, you mean, you get three possessions, basically take three possessions away from the other team, and you have nothing to show for it after that. I mean, that's basically what lost us the game more so than that offsides call did. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, it was every, Purdue gave us plenty of chances to blow it away, and we, we just didn't do it. But young team, got to capitalize. Tricky. Uh, I'm glad Lee brought that up because that's probably the best point made about this game, uh, regardless of the officials. Uh, it was back-to-back-to-back possessions, I believe, almost. and There may have been one in between, but it seemed like every time we got stopped on offense, the defense would bail us out again with yet another turnover, and we couldn't get, gain any momentum off of that. That was a little surprising and probably what really uh, affected us in the end because – the defense played their hearts out and gave us so many chances in the second half when most defenses are getting a little tired, they were playing hard and for them to not get one single point, one field goal, something get in the red zone for that matter. I don't believe that they ever did. So that was probably the determining factor there. Great job by the defense. They were failed by their offense and I'm sure they'll get it together for Indiana. hundred percent agree with that defense played their hearts out. Love to see it, but let's just uh, let's bounce back this week and let's get a win. Week 5 NFL football. Thursday night, the Colts and the Broncos put on an offensive showcase with the Colts pulling away in overtime 12-9. London time, Giants and Packers, the G-Men 
win a huge game to improve to four and one. Giants win 27, Packers 22. The Bills host the Steelers as 14 point favorites and they used all of it because they destroyed the Steelers in Kenny Pickett's first start. Bills 38, the Steelers three. The Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert travel to Cleveland in the dog pound and Chargers win in a thriller 30 to 28. The Vikings and the Bears have an NFC North showdown. The Vikings win 29 to 22. New England Patriots and their third string quarterback totally dominate the Lions 29 to nothing. New Orleans Saints and the Red Rifle host the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith and an offensive explosion 39 to 32 the Saints win. The Dolphins look concussed as they play the Jets. The Jets destroy the Dolphins 40 to 17. The Falcons go for two early so they can win late. However, Tom Brady and the referees had different plans as they win 21 to 15. The Titans go to FedEx Field in a battle of two teams that are trying to find their identity. However, Carson Wentz has a great game except for the ending when he throws the interception to end the game. The Texans and the Jaguars, another offensive battle. Texans 13, Jaguars 6. The Panthers welcome Jimmy G and the 49ers to Carolina, but Jimmy G is just too much. 37 to 15. Are we going to see the end of Christian McCaffrey in Carolina? Hmm? The Cowboys and Cooper Rush continue their hot streak as they beat the Rams 22 to 10. Super Bowl hangover is real. The Eagles remain perfect as they beat the Cardinals 20 to 17 in a thriller in the desert. Sunday Night Football, the Ravens and Justin Tucker walk it off with a 19-17 win. Monday Night Football, the Raiders and the Chiefs. The Raiders said let's go for two early so we can win late. However, that backfired on them too. Losing 30-29, Patrick Mahomes comes back down 10 in the second half. So moving on to our NFL week five, we have the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Me and Lee and Will were lucky enough to go watch the game in person last night. Great atmosphere. I got there a little early, had a good dinner. Um, the pregame, I've always said that Baltimore does the pregame. Terrific. Um, they had crowd interaction, had Jimmy Smith, Ray Lewis, had a couple of returning Ravens, Torrey Smith. Good time, great game, uh, not really an offensive showdown by no means, but Ravens tried to blow it, but they pulled it together and let Justin Tucker kick the game winning field goal, and John Harbaugh did what a lot of us been asking for a couple weeks, is just take the points, and Cincinnati actually had an opportunity to take the points, and they went for a touchdown, and it kind of turned around and bit them in the rear end, so sometimes in the NFL, you just got to take the points and give it to them, I get the analytics, they showed on Sunday Football, I rewatched the game today. They had the analytics crew up in the booth. That's great and dandy. I believe there is a time and place for it, but sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And when you're in a divisional battle, you got to take the points that are offered to you. So, Lee, talk to about the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, like you said, I think we talked about it. We even said when we were up 13-10, we had the chance to go for it on fourth down, kick the points. There's just something about it. Anytime there's a Sunday night game or an AFC North, like division battle it always seems like it comes down to a last second field goal like a 21 20 game or uh, a 24 23 game i looked at you and i looked around the guys and like I, there's times where i think you try to go for it but you gotta kick a field goal here and it came back and it helped us out because we had really kept the joe burrow offense to um pretty shut down for the the length of the game. I mean, they scored 10 points up until what I think they got the ball back after we kicked that field goal with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. So like you and I said, I didn't think they were going to go down and, and get a touchdown on us. It's that worst case uh, field goal. 
So we came back. They got a touchdown on us, and then Lamar did his thing, and uh, the goat Justin Tucker does what he does. Never a doubt uh, for me. I know Jordan as he's lining up. He's like, man, I got a bad feeling about this. I just got a bad feeling. Um, there was even Ravens fans leaving for the exits before we called our final timeout because they knew it was good. So. Um, I mean, yes, there's things that could be improved upon. Lamar missed a couple of, uh, I should say, drive two easy touchdowns. I don't want to say easy, but he overthrew Duvernay on the one and then had Tylen Wallace absolutely by himself, missed him. Um, so definitely things to approve upon. I don't know what it was. Lamar, it was just he didn't feel comfortable in the pocket last night or what. He seemed like he had happy feet a lot more than – um, he normally does, or if they were just getting pressure and I wasn't seeing it. Um, so certainly didn't help Rashad Bateman was out. So it was basically Mark Andrews, Duvernay, and a throw together um, wide receiving core. So I don't know. I'm happy three and two atop of the AFC North, a lot better than two and three. Before I turn it over to Tricky, one thing I would like to add here is last night um, we were sitting there, and when uh, Baltimore drove, not the final drive, but the drive before we drove the field, got down there, I think two-yard line, whatever whatever it may have been, and the guy next to Will kept saying, got to take the seven. Three is not going to win it. Three is not going to win it. And I kept saying, no, you got to take the points, got to take the points. Ended up taking the points, and he was upset about it. But like I said, let's say we went for the touchdown, or we went for the first down because we could have got a first and goal, and we didn't get it. So now – they come down, they score a touchdown, you're down four. Now you're left with you have to score a touchdown in the final minute and a half of the game. Much rather be down one than down four going to that last drive. Tricky, what do you got? Well, I think the Ravens uh, made the right call, obviously, in you know post-game wrap-up, uh, it's easy to say. But uh, when Lee was talking about people walking for the exits, there's a reason for that. Uh, the biggest stat out of Sunday is that Justin Tucker has hit 61 straight field goals in the fourth quarter in overtime. That's that's beyond automatic. And they were talking about at uh, this Saturday's Texas game against Oklahoma, they were showing um, former Texas players on the Jumbotron and nobody – got a larger ovation when their uh, professional uh, video came up on there of them playing as a pro than Justin Tucker, Ricky Williams, and all these other former Heisman winners. And the biggest cheer came for Justin Tucker because I think everybody knows how important he is to the Ravens. Lamar didn't have the greatest of day. Um, I didn't see where the Bengals put that much of a, a rush on him. They only got the one sack. Um and Burrow only threw for 217. They only ran for 101 yards on the ground, so I guess you could say it was one of the better defensive days for Baltimore. Um, but Lamar, 174 yards, 12 carries for 58. His only consistent target all year has obviously been Andrews, who had another great game. Thank you for the fantasy points. Uh, defense got three sacks on Burrow, um, but I think the coach and the kicker won that game. Uh, clearly I think my favorite part was I looked at uh, Will uh, when we got our I think we got our first or second sack of the game whatever it may have been and Will said how bad is their offensive line if our defensive line is getting sacks on them and I think everybody will agree with that but once again uh, I think uh, one of my favorite parts was we were walking to the stadium on our drive to the game at like three o'clock in the afternoon we all said let's go in with the mindset that we're going to lose this game and we're not going to win so if we do win we'll be much happier because that ride home and everybody that makes a trek from the Eastern Shore to Baltimore after a loss, that ride is very long. We can refer to Dave and all Billy Walters, all the Redskins fans. The It seems like that road from FedEx to home is a lot longer on the way home, which they should get used to it by now. But there's nothing worse than coming home at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning after a loss. But they pulled it out. Great time. Great atmosphere. Lee, got anything else to add before we close it up? Uh, I'd like to add... Ray Lewis was on hand for the Nelly concert, and Will finally got to see Nelly. So, um, if you know, you know. So, I'm happy for my boy Will. He finally got to see Nelly. 
Um, so good night for Will. Lee, why don't you fill us in on why Will finally got to see Nelly? So it was like 2016. We went to a Florida Georgia Line Nelly concert. It was right after uh, Florida Georgia Line and Nelly had come out with like a remix to one of Florida Georgia Line songs. We're down in Virginia Beach. Will goes to get a beer. Will being like 22, 23 at the time, he still looks pretty young. Well, long story short, they thought Will had given him this fake ID, and Will, at the ripe age of 23 or 24, ends up in the, like, drunk tank. Not even the drunk tank, but, like, the underage sin bin with all the 18-, 19-year-olds. Um, and while he, they're, like, waiting for their parents to come pick them up. Finally, one dude, like, gets Will's ID and realizes that um, – he is, in fact, 21, lets Will out, and all Will got out of it, I thought it was two free beers. Will informed us last night it was only a single free beer. Um, so Will comes back an hour and a half, two hours later, and like, Will, that line must have been, like, really long. He tells us this story, and it's an ongoing joke. Still runs to today. And he never got to see Nelly that day, and this is why he was able to go Sunday, because he got to fulfill his, his bucket list. He saw Nelly in concert. Which I will yep. say, top five worst concerts I've been to last night because I don't know what the Ravens were trying to do, but the sound was terrible. It was, hey, I give them A for effort. How about that? Yeah, I mean, the, the vibes were immaculate. Um, immaculate trust at Eli Apple. You still are some booty cheeks. Always will be. All right, so that wraps up the Ravens talk. Let's, uh, let's dive into Dave, your Redskins. Yeah, cue that music. We belong to Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad again. Uh, I I don't even really know what to say. I didn't get to watch the game, so. But uh, a good a friend of the show, a friend of Oliveira's, I'm not gonna mention his name, but he went to the game and he summed it up pretty good when he said he's back to the factory of misery. So it was pretty bad. I see here Wentz. Wentz had a. I mean, he threw for three fifty nine, but I seen that terrible pick at the end of the game. And, Play calling looked bad. We didn't run the ball. I see a couple of receivers had decent games. But all in all, the line's not good. The coach is not good. The team's not good. The, the stadium's a piece of trash. And I, I got nothing else to say. David, Terrible. if it makes you feel any better, on our way to the game, me, Will, and Lee, we, uh, we had the um, Hulu on our phone, and they went to the uh, Redskins and uh, Titans game at the end. And uh, y'all were driving – and uh, Mike texts me. He's like, hey, the Redskins might do it. And we're watching. And I literally said, I said, would it not be hilarious if he threw a pick here on the goal line? And so help me next play, he threw a pick. I, yeah, I, like, I, I don't understand. We have plenty of time. We never tried to run one time down there in the goal line. And it's just bad, bad football. I mean, I guess, like, I kind of bought into that hype about Wentz. Not really bought into the hype, but, like, I heard many people say last year, oh, his numbers are great, but if you watch him play – he just don't get it done. And, like, the numbers aren't bad. I mean, all in all, what, what was he? He was uh, 25 for 38, 259 with two touchdowns and had that one interception. But, like, I'm starting to see what everyone was talking about. Like, because last year his numbers were great with the coach. But that fan base was fed up with him. I'm fed up with him. It's just, it's bad. Like, the O-line, we had Sheriff and uh, – I forget the other guy's name last year, but we got rid of both of them. And these guys, we got these old Carolina linemen. We have to have the, the worst line in football. I mean, he's getting rocked. but And you still have a chance to win the game. It's just it's frustrating, but I'm used to it. It's bad right now. I hope we, I hope we just tank, lose every game, and see what we can do. But I think it's time for mass changes around there. I saw, uh, I think Carolina fired their coach today. Yep. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe, and then I know in the presser someone said that Rivera said, "Well, it takes time," but no one spoke up. So, well, you've been here three years. You know how much time does it take? I mean, not good. And like I said, I can't, I can't really talk too much on it because I couldn't get the game. 
So I, I saw what I saw on the red zone, but it was not good. Now, I want to agree with Dave on a couple of points. Uh, from the stat line, it looked like Wentz had a decent game. Uh, you know, he had the one pick, but uh, otherwise he looked all right. Uh, Deami Brown with two catches for 105 yards, both of them touchdowns. That was a bright spot for you. And the defense had five sacks. Um, offensive line, now Wentz did get hit a lot, but it was only three sacks in the book for the uh, Titans defense. But they still can't stop anybody on, in the run game. Um, and uh, I definitely think uh, Ron Rivera needs to go. Now, I think when Dave mentioned the Carolina Panthers firing their coach, I don't think there's any chance they'll take Rivera back. Nice try. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Rivera needs to go, and he can take Jack Del Rio with him and uh, probably most of the rest of the coaching staff because whoever comes in is going to want to bring their own guy anyway. Maybe you let one of these guys just stick it out as an interim. I guess you have to fill the position, but let it be anybody because I'm with Dave. Just tank it, and uh, the Cowboys are looking too good. You got the Giants at 5-1. and one. The Eagles are undefeated. You got nothing to fight for. So if you're going to be dogs and lay down like a dog, man, and just wait for it to be over with and try again next year. Dave. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anything about, about them firing anybody, but – I mean, it, it, there's got to be a line in the sand somewhere. But uh, and you were talking about the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles. I mean, what what, what NFC's best fo- conference in football right now? Nobody or? saw that coming. Nobody. I mean, I mean, are they? I don't know. I mean, right now guess, they are. You got you got. Yeah, to I mean, I mean, record wise, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look at the records, what another another division that was supposed to have been great was the NFC West, and they're all. Uh, under 500, I believe, other than the um, 49ers. The AFC West was supposed to be so great, and all you really have there is Kansas City. Uh, the AFC North, they're not as hot as we thought they could have been. Um, so, no, I think right now, NFC East is, is on top uh, as far as divisions go. Um, is th- My question about the coaching, is it the fact that there's nobody steering the ship right now? You've got, well... He's on a boat most of the time, but he's not actually steering the ship. Uh, you got an owner that's absent and a front office that's under fire. Is the overall play of the team and how the coach is doing not exactly their top priority right now? Well, and another thing, like why fire a coach now? Because who in their right mind would come and take this job right now when you got all that legal stuff hanging over your heads? and Like all that stuff just needs to be fixed. I think Snyder, they keep on saying they're going to force him to sell the team. I don't know if that's possible. I wish he would just sell it and we could just start over. So frustrating. It's And and the place they're playing at, I keep on seeing pictures of it. There's sewage leaks. The seats are ripped. It's a dump. I mean, it's a, it's a dump. My, my, my question, I have two questions for you. At some point, Snyder's got to be losing money. Because yeah, yeah, the, the stadium's empty. Yeah, it, I mean that's what that's what I, I think we're talking about the same friend that went to the game yesterday, but there's no one there. There was a, a friend that went there, another friend that was on Snapchat, and they were parked right close to FedEx Field. I said, looks like you had no problem parking, and you know she's like, of course, you know, hey, shut up. But um, so you're not selling tickets. Where is your money coming in? Yeah, and and I mean I've I've been a fan for a long time and. I mean, Chris probably remembers this. There used to be a waiting list to get tickets for the oh, Red for sure. Games. Like it was like it was it was the ticket. I mean, and the the franchise was always valued in like the top two or three of the NFL for years. I doubt it's that anymore. But I mean, and, and I I haven't been to a game in easily over ten years, a, lot, a game in person. But I know like you couldn't park around there. It was impossible. I mean, it was always low. I mean. It's just, it, yeah, he's got to be losing money somewhere. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't imagine there's a wait list anymore because now I get emails all the time, you know, like for individual game tickets. And back then, if you didn't know someone that had season tickets, you didn't get tickets. I mean, kind of like what every other NFL team is. I mean, I know it's a, always hard to get tickets for NFL games, but I mean, I got to believe you could walk up to the window and get a ticket day for the game. No, there and, have been reports of pre-game tickets, uh, you know, an hour before kickoff for uh, Washington home games that you can get on the secondary ticket sellers like StubHub 
for what you could find in your couch cushions. I mean, honestly, under $20 to get into yeah, the and, game because they just want somebody to go in there and buy a beer and a popcorn so they, they can make re- some kind of money or pay to park. Uh, I know removed- that the revenue sharing in the NFL keeps certain franchises alive. That's why they've never really tried to bring any attendance into Jacksonville because just the fact that they're an NFL franchise, they make whatever money Dallas and the Rams are bringing in. You know, some of that filters down to the lesser teams. So, I'm sure the Redskins aren't losing money, but they're certainly not building their uh, their value at all because, yeah, as mentioned, uh, the stadium is the worst now that the Raiders moved to Vegas. You always had the Raiders to beat on and the rats and the sewage, but it seems like they all moved east. Well, here you go, Dave. Now this is uh, as of August 22nd, 2022. Number one franchise... Uh, ranked of Forbes is Dallas Cowboys number two is New England Patriots the Commanders unbelievably are number six and the Baltimore Ravens are 19th and that's just I don't know where they're getting the you know how they figured up the value and all that where the money comes in but it still amazes me I mean obviously there's still a Redskins base I don't don't think anybody oh absolutely nobody's run away from the franchise and I, I really believed it like I'm assuming the tickets are still being sold. I know, but this, the season ticket holders aren't going to the game. But I believe if the, if the team will get sold, I believe you could get right back to where you were with the attendance and all that. You know, people's got short memories, but this product is over and over again, and it's it's bad. On the bright side of the game, though, I saw uh, uh, the running back Robinson or Robert, what's his name, yes. Robinson, maybe? Yeah, Brian Robinson. Yeah, he made his return you know his first nfl start after well, that, getting carjacked and shot so that was that was good i mean on a that was my second question for you so i was looking at the stats and of course you know i don't watch any redskins unless they're playing the ravens do you all not have any other running backs your your box score your rushers were brian robinson nine carries for 22 yards carson wentz five carries for 15 yards and who's that antonio gibson Antonio Gibson. I mean, did McKissick get any rushes at all? No, I mean, no. He, he rushed for less than fifty yards, I think, as a team the whole game. I mean, yeah. So, like, I, I, I mean, but no offensive line. I understand if, if it's nobody to block for him. No need in handing the ball behind you. Yeah. I mean, I know we've been throwing a lot of light little swing passes, which are equivalent to runs in most cases. But, but yeah, I mean, that, that's not a that's not a, a winning recipe if you ask me. I don't, the whole NFL in general, like, I was watching one of the games yesterday, and it was, uh, I don't get the whole analytic, analytics part of it because the team scored. It was, like, eight or nine minutes left in the game, and they were, like, by the chart, the analytics chart, they should go for two here. They were down by 14. They said they should go for two here yep. and cut it to six instead of seven. It was the Atlanta game, Atlanta Buccaneers. And they said – and they were like, and their rationale was that way a, a touchdown wins the game for you. So I, I don't understand But that if rationale. you miss, you're down by three you, scores. That's so dumb. Yeah. So yeah. So, so here, here's what they say. They say you go for two. All right, so you're down. What? what do you remember what the score was? I think it was 21 to, 21 to 7. They got the, right, was it 21 to 7, I think? I, I know it's the Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons. Anyway, they scored, and they said go for two. So it got them to 21 to 15. So the rationale was, okay, you didn't get it. It's 21-13. Then you go for two again. Worst case scenario, you're playing for a tie. Okay. Like, I get what they're saying. But at the same time, let's say you don't get either one of those two-point conversions. So what what is the purpose? I'd rather play for that chance of overtime or a tie than a chance to not even get it because you can't get a two-point conversion. Yeah, and uh, I know uh, back a couple weeks ago, Rivera went for the same thing. And I was on on this show – Saying I didn't understand it, but I guess they kind of defended the play call. I just I don't I don't get that rationale. Yeah, and I and don't get it. The Ron Rivera's, the John Harbaugh's, the Mike McCarthy's—they're all chasing this analytic dream because if you look, it's becoming a young man's coaching circle. The uh, what is it? The Mike McDaniel's, Sean McVay's, the um, uh, what's the name? Not San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan. Those boys are changing the game. I get that. But here's a question for you. There's a man in New England who hasn't changed anything for the past 22 years. I think he's doing just fine. Now, granted, you know, Tom Brady's left, and they aren't as strong as they were. But at the same time, like Dave said a couple weeks ago, you don't walk in New England with a, oh, this is an easy win. The Lions were just proving that this week. 
third string starting quarterback, they go in there and they lose uh, 26, 29, 29 nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I think that old man in New England still doing things the right way. And the people of Mike McCarthy's and the Ron Rivera's stop chasing this dream and coach football. Let's get back to just basic football. Baseball is the same way. You know, we, we go do away with the hit and run. We do away with stolen bases. It just hit the long ball. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's like everybody's trying to find a new edge to play football, baseball, whatever it may be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like they're playing mad. Yep. Really, like, like they're playing mad. And they said that last night on the way home on the radio show. Glenn Clark said it. He goes, can we just put down the Madden for a second and just play football? Yeah, I mean, that's just like last week with your game. Like, why? Well, like, I'm going like to cut you, you off. Best, you got the best kicker in football. Why not use him? You know what I mean? Now, yeah. you did last night. Well, like they learned their lesson this week on. Well, exactly. Well, no. Here, here's what they said on the Glenn Clark, Glenn Clark show. Last week, he wants to know their meaning. Last week, we didn't go for it. This week you go for it, and last week you had more of a reason to go to kick the field goal. This week you had more of the reason to go for seven. So what's the rationale thinking? Because it's not analytics, and what we, what everybody thinks is John Harbaugh is a player's coach. Everybody knows that. He just goes. I'm pretty sure it's just a whim. All right, they want to go for it. Let's go for it. And that's what well, that kind of needs to be cut out. You have to make football decisions at some point. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure probably last night decision went come his ass probably puckered up and he was probably like well if i don't win this game then we're in a little bit worse shape than we should be in so maybe well, someone, that has something to do with it <laughs> which you missed that part we we're talking about but someone did tweet they said congratulations ravens fans you cyber bullied harbaugh mm-hmm. into going for three yeah well i mean like i said last week i think harbaugh's a good coach and i don't follow him as close as you guys do so you know, I'm, I'm watching the Ravens from afar, but I just know your consistency over the years, and it makes people like me a little jealous. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I hear you guys complain about stuff that would be good problems on our end. You know what I mean? Yep, and, and we uh, just to close it up, we talked about that last time on the way home, and we've said it before. We are a spoiled fan base, absolutely. You have Tricky here, who has watched a lot of bad Raiders football, watched a lot of good Raiders football too, but more bad more than good. Bad. And, and Dave, you're the same way. You've seen some good, but you've seen more bad than good recently. Ravens, um, I mean, they're, they're, Luke Goldsboro was just texting us this morning talking about how Lamar, this, that, and the other, he's not worth the money, all this, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, um, Joe Flacco only made the playoffs six out of ten years. And, like, you two yeah, right six, now, six, wouldn't you six take out six out of ten years? Out of, 10 years? out of those six out of ten years, you have a Super Bowl, two, three AFC championship games. Would you not take that as a fan? Uh, two out of yeah. ten years making it f- past the first round of the playoffs would be enough for me to stick my chest out, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. we don't know how good we have it sometimes. I mean, it, but, yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? It's just like I got on Lee the other week about complaining about Mark Andrews. I mean, that's that's them good problems. I mean, me and Trick don't know nothing about those. <laughs> well, Dave, thanks for hopping on here. I uh, hope the kids get to bed and give you a little bit of peace of mind. Um, anything else you want to add? All right, we're going to move on to our pickums. We're going to start off with our college picks. This week, our games that we've highlighted are Penn State versus Michigan. Penn State is plus seven. We have Alabama at Tennessee. Tennessee is plus seven. And then we have Maryland at Indiana, and Indiana is plus 11 and a half. So we'll start off with Dave. Dave, who do you have in the Penn State-Michigan game? Yeah, Michigan. At the, they're at the big house, I believe, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, Michigan minus seven. All right, Lee, who do you have in the Penn State-Michigan game? Uh, I haven't watched Penn State play, but I think seven points is a lot for a top ten matchup. So I'm going to go ahead and take Penn State with the points. Tricky. I'm going to have to go the opposite from Lee because uh, Penn State only beat unranked Northwestern in their last game, seventeen to seven. They have had a week off to prepare for Michigan. But their biggest wins of the year are against Purdue and Auburn. Um, we've talked enough about Purdue, but Auburn's in a great shake. So I don't know why they're number 10. I don't think seven's too much considering the points that uh, Michigan's put up on everybody else. 
I think Michigan wins by at least 17 points. So, uh, yeah, I say they cover. So before this podcast recorded, I had written down Penn State plus seven. However, after just listening to Tricky, and I'm sorry to one of our dear friends, Cody, but I'm going to have to take Michigan minus seven. Um, I'm with you. I think Penn State's good. I think they're a little flawed on the record. Uh, they beat uh, powerhouse Auburn, who was terrible this year, and they just haven't been tested in Michigan. Not saying Michigan's been tested much, but Michigan is good. I think everybody knows that potential playoff team. So I'm going to take Michigan minus seven. Well, next game, we have Tennessee-Alabama. Dave? I'm I'm going to go with Tennessee, laying in points. Alabama didn't look very good this week. They were shaky. Already, Lee? I think uh, I think it's going to come down to a Bryce Young plays in this game or not i'm not sure what his status is but man i think tennessee still might be the real deal seven and a half a lot i think they're playing at tennessee if i'm not mistaken i like tennessee plus seven and a half i'm gonna roll with the dogs these first two picks all right tricky who are you going to take in the tennessee alabama game well uh tennessee did walk the dog on lsu uh, lsu is not so bad but tennessee uh won that game handily and bama barely beat a and m uh this week uh by i think three or four points um yeah there's a question about bama's starting quarterback but there's also a question about tennessee's starting safety four-year starter jalen mccullough who was arrested and charged with aggregate aggravated felony assault on sunday one of his neighbors came home intoxicated and knocked on the wrong door. He entered the wrong apartment. He thought he was at his own home, but he was in a place where Jalen and some friends were hanging out, and that man left in very bad shape, heavily bloodied, missing teeth. He claims that once he realized his mistake, he apologized and attempted to leave the apartment when he was attacked by Jalen McCullough, so... Tennessee may be out uh, or maybe missing a four-year starter at safety. And uh, I think Alabama is going to win. But I think Tennessee can cover this one. Give me Tennessee to cover. I'm having trouble picking this game also because of the Bryce Young, Bryce Young situation. But just something about Tennessee. Who would have thought they were having the season they were going to have? I'm with Tricky. Alabama might win, but I think Tennessee is going to cover I think the crowd is going to be electric. I don't know if you saw the LSU-Tennessee game. Tennessee flooded LSU's stadium. It was amazing how many how much orange was out there. So I'm going to take Tennessee plus 7.5 also. Move on to Maryland-Indiana. Dave, who are you taking in the Maryland-Indiana game? Well, I'm going to go with Maryland, but I'm not real confident with that pick. I think we'll win, but that 11.5 is pretty big, Dave. I think they took a step back last week. I didn't really like the game plan. But, yeah, Maryland, minus 11.5. Lee is taking the Terps, minus 11.5. All right, Tricky? Well, I haven't watched any Indiana games, I'll be honest. But I've looked them up, and they've averaged at least 20 to 21 points a game. But they've given up at least three touchdowns in every game except for their uh, week one 23-20 upset over now-ranked 24 Illinois. But uh, I think Maryland has plenty to prove uh, going into this game. It's definitely a game where we need to impress. So I'm saying Maryland wins by 13 and covers that 11.5. I'm following the lead there, Tricky. I, uh, I think Maryland comes out, makes a point, no hangover. We went easy. Let's move on to our NFL pickums for the week. We're going to do our over, under, dogs, favorite, and locks. So let's start off with our overs. Dave, who is your over for the week? Uh, over, I have the Ravens and Giants over 44. Tricky, you're over. I have uh, Rams-Panthers. Uh, they're saying 41 points. I think the Rams score 41 points. The Panthers kick a field goal, so uh, yeah, I'll take the over in the Rams-Panthers at 41. I'm going to take the Bills in Kansas City, 53 and a half. I think we're going to see a little repeat of last year's AFC uh, divisional round, and I think the Bills actually pulled that one out, but 53 and a half, Bills-Kansas City over. Moving on to our under, Dave, who is your under for the week? Oh, I got to go with the Commanders and Bears, under 38 and a half. I feel pretty confident about that. 
tricky. I'm looking at the Colts Jags game. They've got Rams Panthers at 41, but they think 42 points for Colts Jags. Either the Colts win in an all field goal game 6 3, or the Jags blow them out, but nobody gets 42 points in that game in total. I'll take the under on Colts Jags. So my under, as always, I'm sticking with it. Thursday night football. However, this time we have a special. We have your Washington Redskins football team commanders playing the Chicago Bears. The under is set at 38 and a half. All right, Dave, who is your dog this week? My dog? Well, I'm going to go with the commanders just because they're plus one. Not very confident with it, but that I'm, I'm going to go with my commanders pulling out a victory this week. Plus, Tricky? I'm looking at this Patriots versus Browns game. They have the uh, Browns favored by three points. Bill Belichick does not lose to the Browns. He kind of has a little personal thing with them. I think the Pats blow out the Browns and uh, easily cover. Well, they're going to win outright, but that that negative three will be uh, inconsequential. Yeah, underdogs at plus three. Give me the Patriots and Browns. Who's quarterback this week? Four. Who? Patriots. Uh, oh, Billy Billy Zabka. There it is. Yeah, Cobra Kai. Sweep the leg, Billy. <laughs> yeah, what a what a game this week or last week. Twenty nine nothing, man. I think there's only one person I saw that coming. Dave Portnoy. He put it on Instagram the a couple hours before the game. He said Patriots by a million. I couldn't believe it. They ran the football rather well. Ran it all day. Wish Baltimore would get back to that. My dog for the week. I'm taking the Falcons five and a half. Moving on to our favorites. Dave, who is your favorite this week? Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings. Minus three over the Dolphins. All right, Tricky? I looked at this whole list, and there were plenty of games that jumped out. Uh, but then I saw Rams minus ten versus the Panthers. The Panthers just fired head coach Matt Rule. Uh, Baker's out for a couple of weeks with a high ankle sprain. P.J. Walker had to come in, and we've all seen what P.J. Walker can and can't do. The Rams have to win because they've looked like complete trash the last few weeks, especially on offense. I think they really, really blow out the Panthers and easily cover that minus 10. How ugly is that game going to be? Atrocious. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath, and it's going to be what the Rams need, and it just might be what the Panthers need to, just a solid beating. <laughs> Put them out of their misery. That's right. Uh, my favorite this week, I'm taking Tom Brady and the Bucks minus eight. Let's move on to our locks of the week. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Dave, who is your lock this week? The Ravens minus five over the Giants. Tricky. Just like I was just talking about, Rams versus Panthers. That's that's the easiest one on the on the board, I think, because the Panthers have absolutely nothing on offense or defense. And the Rams have to win. Rams lock it in. My lock of the week. I think everybody knows where I'm going. Your Washington Redskins football team commanders. I'm taking the under. And I just, for the sake of Amazon Prime and all my Redskins faithful out there, I really want a 6-3 game. That's what I'm shooting for. I would love a 6-3 game. And, of course, I would love the Bears to have six. Lee's picks this week are the over Bills 53 and a half, the under Washington Bears under 38 and a half, the Dogs Jets plus seven. His favorite are the 49ers minus five and a half. His lock of the week is the Washington under. So on today's podcast, we had a little babysitting emergency on Dave's end. He had to leave early. Lee had a little bit of training issues he had to get through. So you're sitting here with the baseball minds of the podcast. I'm just the mind, and Tricky's the baseball mind. I'm just here for tag along. I've got a little bit of knowledge I can throw in there. I will admit my knowledge has gone to the wayside since the the fall of the Orioles past five years. But this year, I was able to catch back on, catch up. Let's let's dive into it, Tricky. MLB playoffs. Let's talk about who was eliminated this past weekend, who advanced. Um, we'll start off with the eliminators. We had the Rays fall into the Guardians in a 2-0 sweep. The Guardians with the walk-off home run to win it in 15 innings. We had the Mariners beating the Blue Jays in two games. 
we had the Mets and Padres going the full distance, three games. Padres pulled that out. And then the Phillies sweeping the Cardinals, 2-0 in St. Louis. Actually, if you look at that, I guess three of the four teams were the away teams that advanced. But I was just talking to Tricky before we started recording. I don't count the wild card round as playoffs unless you win. Um, I watched the Orioles lose to Toronto in the wild card game. I also saw them beat the Rangers in a wild card game. But when was the last time the Mariners made the real playoffs? Tricky. It is 21 years ago. They just ended the longest current streak in Major League Baseball for uh, years without making the playoffs. And, yes, 21 years ago, uh, they have a very nice club. And I was really disappointed to even see the Rays in the playoffs. I knew they were going to lose. I think your Orioles could have put up a better fight. But uh, talking about um, in the football segment, when you were saying about uh, wanting, just hoping that you play well, but if you get a win, at least you get a decent ride home. Uh, I think that's all from being an Oriole fan because that's that's all you can hope for when you go up to one of their games. Except for this year, those boys fought really hard. Um, I knew that the uh, Mets were frauds ever since they bought they brought uh, Timmy Trumpet out on the field to uh, bring in Edwin Diaz. They turned it to, into a clown show. And I'm not sure if anybody noticed, but their manager is a well past his prime, Buck Showalter. So uh, good easy, riddance to easy the Easy with the Buck height. Easy with the Buck height. The man lied to my mother right <laughs> to her face one time, and I'll let, never let him forget it or anyone else. But uh, the Padres and the Phillies, very happy to see them advancing into the real playoffs. Um, of course, I expected the Braves to be where they are. Good riddance to the Cardinals and their – Super nice, smart fan base, greatest fans in all of baseball. Sorry to see uh, Pujols' career have to come to an end. But uh, it's the Yankees against the world, so uh, good luck with that world. <laughs> now, I'm sitting here looking at something. So, Seattle had 20, 21 seasons without real playoffs. Uh, Phillies were second with 10 seasons. And then now the new reigning longest drought, which is kind of crazy. It's not that bad. It's seven seasons. Can you name the team with the longest drought now? Is it the Baltimore Orioles? No, easy. Tricky. Well, no, because that's easy. six years. It was 2016. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't come I in apologize. my throat. I apologize. And I think um, you're going to be surprised by this. Missing the playoffs. Uh, no, I got nothing. Who is it? Los Angeles Angels. Uh, seven seasons. They spent too much money. That's their problem. And then Detroit Tigers was seven, which the last time they were in the playoffs, they lost to the Orioles in the ALDS. Swept by the Orioles with Buck Showalter. Then you had the Pittsburgh Pirates. Then the Kansas City Royals have not made the playoffs since winning the World Series. Since they won the World Series. Yeah, well, that was kind of a, a strange year for them to even win it. Uh, nobody expected that to begin with. Now, the fun part is about this new, uh, the new playoff format, we have the Mariners – and the Padres, both teams in the playoffs, they're one of the final eight teams who have never won a World Series. So this could be the time. The Seattle Mariners, your fact of the day, are the only Major League Baseball team to never appear in a World Series at all. There it is. So let's uh let's take your who do you uh, who do you see winning the World Series? Who do you see matched up in the World Series? Go with that. I. Want to say, of course, uh, Yankees versus Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta has been strong all year. Uh, they fought the whole way against the Mets, but I, I knew that they were going to prevail. Um, but uh, the Mariners are the surprise team of the American League. I hold the Guardians in low regard. They they don't really have much. They They kind of had a bad division to play in anyway, so... The Mariners would be the only threat to the Yankees in the American League. And uh, the Padres are young, but I don't trust you, Darvish, in a playoff game. Um, so uh, I think the Mets, I mean, the, the Braves, rather, should have a fairly easy go of it. The Phillies are a year or two away. Um, I, I really do see Yankees, Braves, even though we won't have the services of Araldis Chapman or Zach Britton in the playoffs. I think that's addition by subtraction, so uh, go pinstripers. What year was that, Yankees-Braves World Series? What year was that? 2000? No, that was uh, 99. 99. Because 2000 was the Subway Series. How yeah. far did that go? Not Six games? 
Yeah, it was six, and then uh, what ninety eight? We completely swept the um, Padres, I believe. For uh, yep. So I'm looking at it. You didn't even mention the Astros or the Dodgers. Well, the Astros are a bunch of cheaters, and they don't count. Although I do like Dusty Baker. Um, the Dodgers, I just think they're on fumes. Um, they don't hit like they used to. They didn't make any big acquisitions at the trade deadline, and um, I don't like their pitching. So uh, I have more faith in San Diego than I do Los Angeles at this point. So looking at it, I don't think anybody in America, unless you're an Astros fan or a Dodgers fan, wants to see the Astros and Dodgers in the World Series again. No, thank you. Nobody wants to see that. I would love to see Manny Machado in the World Series. No offense, Tricky. I do not want to see the Yankees in the World Series. I do think Yankees do beat the Guardians. I'm with you. I um, I think Astros. I think unfortunately, I think the Astros are going to win the American League. Not that I want that to happen. I hope Mariners pull it off. I think I think playoff baseball in Seattle is going to be electric. I'm I'm here for it. I'm excited to watch it tomorrow. Um, of course they won't be home. They'll be at the Astros. But and then looking at the NL, do the Phillies do it? Do the Phillies pull off the upset? I'm with you. I think the Braves are hands down the best team in the uh, National League. But for some reason, I just I don't want to run chalk here. So my pick's going to be, let's just have some fun with it. We'll go uh, Padres, Mariners, first ever World Series for the Mariners, and it could be first ever World Series whoever wins that game or wins the series. Hmm. Let's just do it. Let's have fun drinking. Hot that, takes. No, that that is the hottest of takes uh, probably ever uh, <laughs> dropped here in the uh, Monk Podcast Studio, the the Snowbiz Podcast Studio. Yes. Pardon me, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really worried about those Mariners. That, that That's a real strong club they've got. They're young. They're scrappy. Um, Playing with house money right now. they got indeed. nothing to lose. Indeed. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's so tight. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. So, as always, it's time for our tricky trivia minute. As always, you can hear him on the Professionally Informed Podcast over on Spotify, Apple, and all your podcast needs. But before we turn it over, Tricky, I have some trivia for you. Did you know last night, Cincinnati and Baltimore, it was the second drive of the game, Cincinnati returned a kickoff. They had not returned a kickoff all season. Did you know that? Had not received and advanced the ball. Exactly. On a kickoff. They've taken a touchback or just or let it down go. down in the yep. end zone yep. or let it go through every single time. Yep. It's not as great as trivia as you got, Tricky, but it's a little bit of trivia for no, you. No, that, that's great because uh, that's, that would have affected someone's fantasy team. They didn't get any of those return yards for uh, some third-string wide receiver. So that's, that's very interesting. There's been a lot of strange things going on in the NFL this year. So that's, that's great. So here is your little factoid, your little uh, bit of trivial minutiae. Uh, as you may have heard earlier with uh, Jordan and I going back and forth about our love of the Orioles and the Yankees, well, it, it's a lot closer than that because way back in the late 1800s, there was a AAA team called the Baltimore Orioles. They actually played in the National League as there was no American League at that time and eventually they moved to New York where they became the Hilltoppers and several name changes in stadiums later they eventually became the New York Yankees and then in 1954 when the St. Louis Browns moved to Baltimore they adopted their old National League team name as the Orioles so even though I was raised to root for the current Baltimore Orioles, just like Jordan and most everybody else I know. I went astray as a youth, as many of you know. Uh, but uh, I became a fan of the Yankees, which, at the heart of it all, were originally the Orioles in the first place. So maybe I never left home at all. And if you want more trivia, and this one bit is not enough for you to last you the whole week, there's an opportunity. You can go here, Tricky, at Tricky Trivia, Tuesday nights at Adam's Tap House in Fruitland at 6.30 p.m. 
It's an hour long. I'm sure it's like he's always done. I think it's four rounds and a bonus question at the end. If I'm telling you right now, if you haven't done tricky trivia, you're missing out. And as always, when you're playing Tricky Brown's Mr. Know-It-All Trivia, use your noodle and not your Google. Once again, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Snowbiz Shaved Ice. There's no biz like Snowbiz. We're out of here. Love you. Many men wish death upon me. Blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see. I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be. And trying to take my life away. I put up with me. My back on the wall, now you gon' see. Better watch how you talk when you talk about me. Cause I'm coming for way many men. Many, 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 many men. Wish death on me, dog. I don't cry no more. Don't look to the sky no more. Have mercy on me. Put money on my head, gone. Get your refund. I ain't dead. I'm the diamond in the dirt. That ain't been found. I'm the underground king.